Hey, everybody, this is Gray from American Citizens. How would you like to get all of your favorite NBA team's merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? Check out fanessentials.net. All you do is pick your favorite sports team, and every month you get your team's gear shipped right to your door. They find the sports gear so you don't have to. Each fan box comes packed full with some amazing gear. It makes a great gift idea for any sports fan. Prices start at just $34.99. Visit fanessentials.net and use promo code CITIZENS16, C-I-T-Y-Z-E-N-S-16, at checkout for 30% off your first month. Visit fanessentials.net to get all the essentials you need, U.S. listeners only. Hello, everybody, and welcome to American Citizens. I'm Gray. I'm with Josh, and we have some things to react to today. Manchester City have officially confirmed the signing of Claudio Bravo, and um, we have a Champions League draw to deal with, so we'll get to that later in the podcast. And at the end, um, Joey McCune has talked to a member of Blue Moon Dallas, so you'll want to stay tuned toward the end because we're going to tack that on here as well. So... um, Josh, welcome to another another episode. We are it's been a busy week for us. Yeah, it uh, in so many different ways, right? But but I yeah. suppose we'll get to all of that mm-hmm. here in due time. Mm-hmm. So um, we we've talked a lot about Claudio Bravo, so I'm not we're not really going to belabor this point because this has been pretty much a formality for several days. But um, it is official. Um, not much in the way of, of press yet. I, mean, I, I haven't seen the official interview yet. But, um, you know, everything seems to have gone smoothly. This, You know, we expected this. And regardless of the debates we have about this, City are a better team today than they were yesterday. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. There's just sometimes you have to look at things at face value. And, and, you know, the numbers have been flying around. There were the squawk of stats and such. And you just look at his distribution percentage and how good he is at it. And, and you know, interestingly enough, I was reading an article from, from the Times. Um, it just piqued my interest. The lead did was Al... Uh, Bravo was the keeper, like born to 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 play for Pep, and they they it's a really fascinating read, um, but it just sort of outlines Bravo's youth and how every single one of these people who were super important to Guardiola in terms of his growth and development had crossed paths with 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 both of these gentlemen, and and so. Their knowledge of each other is a long time coming. Their working with each other feels like it's a long time coming. Like the very essence of what Guardiola is about is 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 uh how how Claudio Bravo even learned his trade. Like the goalkeeper for that team who sort of invented well, not really invented, but like perfected at the time that sweeper keeper roll hook. Um, he, uh, you know, that this this Chilean coach that that Bravo had at Colo Colo, uh, you know, he went up to went to meet him because he found out he would be in Los Angeles, and the guy was like, "Hey, look, if you're really serious." about this, then I suggest you sign up for one of my classes and, and truly come out to Holland. 
Well, he did do that. And then he took back everything he had. And when he was looking around at his goalkeepers, Bravo was by no means at the time, like everybody in the club, because they're looking at, you know, a shot stopper. Claudio Bravo didn't look like a, 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 you know, a towering shot stopper, you know, a Manuel Neuer, a Thibaut Courtois or whatever you want to call them. But what this coach knew was that Claudio Bravo was proactive. He, he, he was, he was anticipating what the team would do. So that way, much like how a defender, or if you think about a guy who jumps a route to, to, to uh, snag an interception because they read the play properly, Bravo positions himself such that he can A, make the save, but then B, immediately get it out of his hands to somebody in an advantageous position moving forward. And it's scary to think of, like, what City have been piling up in terms of goals with keepers that have no clue how to do this. And Bravo is right now maybe outside of of, uh, Manuel Neuer and Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. Uh, Bravo has been doing this longer, actually. He may not be as notable, but in terms of his ability to play with his feet and get the ball out, at, uh, in a distribution manner, this guy is is tailor made for what Pep Guardiola wants to do. So not only are City better, but Bravo now becomes City's first offensive player, and he's freaking good at it. Yeah, that's. I don't have a lot to add onto that. Um, Guardiola the prime of his life. I think a lot too much has been made of the age issue. Um, you know, this you're getting you're going to get um I didn't catch how long the contract four year deal. Yeah. You're yeah, getting it was a four year deal you're, you're getting at least three years out of him, I would think. And obviously you can bring in competition, which they'll have to because, you know, regardless of whatever happens, Caballero is not going to get a new contract beyond this season. So there will be, I think, new competition um, but the fact of the matter is, he's not that old in goalkeeping terms. He still can offer at least three years, if not more, if they need him to. Um, and yeah, basically, I think we are finally, it's, you know, I say that like it's been a long time coming. It's only been a few games. But we're finally going to see, I think, the sort of football that Guardiola wants to play because the keepers that he's had in there, all four of those games, they, you know, they haven't been they I haven't apologize. The article was actually, uh, it was Sky Sports. It was not, as I had previously mentioned, the Times. Well, credit properly accredited, then we're fine then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, not not he's not going to and you know this is secondary but you know just sort of a quiet guy he's not going to cause you much trouble he's just going to play really well and i think you know it's, it's a perfect fit he is absolutely without any question the best available keeper that they could have gotten probably better than they could have hoped for i think especially this, this late in the window um but you know I'm pleased. There's no two ways about it. I'm very pleased. And I think that we can really start to see the philosophy be implemented now because 
if it, the keeper is so vital to that, and now that they have a suitable fit piece there, I urge people to look, look, whatever you think of Sky Sports, like, and we'll we'll tweet out the link, like. I urge people to read this article. It's a fantastic weaving of different narratives that all kind of combine Guardiola's philosophy and the way he was brought up as, as a player and, and mentored by Johan Cruyff and, and total football in the Dutch system and, and how, you know, the, the, the Argent there, excuse me, the Chilean's first goalkeeper coach, Julio Rodriguez was, was fixated on learning the Dutch system 50 years ago. And, and, and Bravo was like his first test subject. And now this entire story has come full circle with all of these sort of characters <clears throat> now in a fascinatingly unique position to make things happen. Like, if nothing else, it is a really, really, really fun story to read, and I think it it'll help put into perspective exactly how important this the role of what Guardiola wants a keeper to do uh, it actually is, and that's 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 really all I got on that one. It's just it's it's a great story that probably does more explanation than we could do. Yeah. Um, and I intro, we'll, we'll, we will tweet out the link. Um, but yeah, I think you know, happy, good, good, good scenario for for the club, for the player. I'm pleased to see it get done. Shall we move on to the draw? Let's see, Shad. Um, well, um, Champions League draw, group stage today. Um, and City, as usual, have gotten a, a rather tough, you know. A, um, a rather tough set of fixtures. Barcelona, of course, tradition. Although, as uh, Cheeky said, and I agree with, rather face them in the group stage than in the knockout round. Um, as well as Celtic and Gladbach, whom we faced last year, of course. I've seen a lot of people calling this a group of death, or uh, acting, you know, saying that this is, you know, a nightmare. I'm not quite there. Um, I don't. I don't think it's significantly tougher than last year or the year before, and they made it out of that both years. Um, obviously, Barca are going to be tough, but Celtic are. You know, Celtic Park is never an easy place to play, but at the same time, their team is not exactly top class. They should. Hey, they got a hell of a kid over there, man, out on the wing. That <laughs> that kid could potentially be a world class player. I'm just saying. Look into buying him. Um, but frankly, I don't see any reason they shouldn't get six points against Celtic. Um, and that gives you a platform to grow off. Um, and they should win, beat Gladbach at home too. So you know. You can do that. You you're oh, on nine. Pep Guardiola should be able yeah. to beat Gladbach going away. He should be able to. Yeah, Gladbach conceded a lot of goals last year in um in the Bundesliga. So I'll turn this over to you. I've said, do you think this is as tough as everyone says it is, or do you think we're overrating the toughness of this group? Or what do you think? I think that uh, Ben, who writes for Reedman City, uh, had an outstanding point when he said that 
this is definitely a tough group, but last year's was tougher. It was Juventus, it was City, it was Sevilla, and it was Gladbach. I mean, you basically had the 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 uh, Europa League winners, uh, a, a solid uh, German team that Pep never beat. Worth noting, never beat them. Um, and uh, then you had, you know, the semifinal, well, or excuse me, the runners-up uh, in the Champions League, Juventus. So, in theory, Ben's right. They have had a tougher group. Um, I I do think there are some winnable games here. I, I think that Gladback presents an opportunity you know, even if nothing else, if you can't beat them away, you should be able to get a draw out of that, you know. And if if you can get a result out of these things uh, with a few wins sprinkled in and maybe a loss and a draw to Barca, you know, like you're not asking the impossible here. Barca has shown themselves to be beatable and they get Barca at a decent time. Um, So I... You know, they'll everybody's going to know each other really well. I have no idea what's going to happen in that game. You know, uh, Pep Guardiola has beaten Barca um, since he's moved on. <clears throat> he didn't beat them overall. It didn't matter, but he beat them in one game. <clears throat> Barca may end up winning the group, but <clears throat> unlike... When Manuel Pellegrini was in charge, I'm fine knowing that Guardiola knows how to navigate some of the tougher draws if you end up getting them. Bayern had to get past Juventus, and <clears throat> I mean that was what? How early in the in the in the stage was that that they got Juve? You know, like <clears throat> that's not a team you really want right out of the gate. And I know they ultimately went out to Atletico Madrid, so maybe I'm also hurting my point while I'm making it. But the thing is here is Guardiola's never not made at least the semifinals. If, Bar- if, if, if City don't win the group, it's, it's not an insurmountable task for a guy like Pep, especially with the guys that have been brought in. And now I have a feeling that they may look at this group and say, you know, Maybe we're not quite done shopping because they still not said they're done. No, they haven't. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really frightened. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say that. Um, I, w- I would say that, yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I could definitely see them finishing second. But, you know, we've been talking. We talked on yesterday's podcast, actually, about... We wanted to see City tested. Well, they get to play Barcelona twice. That's, you know, you're not going to get a better idea of where you're at than playing a club like Barcelona home and away. Um, so, you know, this is, I you know, of course, would I rather have Leicester's group? Probably. But ultimately, this is what you come for. No, I wouldn't at all. Oh, all right. No, I would not want to have Leicester's group because if you're Leicester City and that's the group you get and you win that group and all of a sudden you're thinking that's what the Champions League has to offer, this isn't so bad. Like, 
And then all of a sudden, you know, you run into a buzzsaw of of a second place team like Manchester City, and it's like, hey, dude, see ya. You know, what I mean, um, I I I I would prefer. Look, Pep's not going to get a group that will test his metal quite like this one. Um, you know, he he's got four competitions. He's got those Barca games at crucial times. I think one of them right around like that winter break for everyone else but England. So, you know, this is going to be this is going to be I I won't say eye opening in in the sense that some people use it, but it's it's certainly going to be eye opening to to how far Pep can get this team in his first year, you know, is this a project of guys that can win now, or is it some, something that Pep's using as a litmus test to find out what he needs for year two? Yeah. And I will say, just looking at the scheduling, talk about city's last two games as scheduled in the group. Uh, Monk and Gladbach away is match day five. They will have played Celtic twice. Um, they will have faced Barcelona at home. They would still have to go to Barcelona. So, you know, I don't know that that will be a dead rubber, but they City's last game, the sixth game in the group stage, is at home to Celtic. That may well be a dead rubber for Celtic. Um, they would argue it's probably likely to be. So you're looking at, you know, I six points from from Celtic. They City open at home against Gladbach. You would fancy them to win that game and get off to a good start. Um, and then Gladbach have to face Barca at home. And, you know, you're realistically potentially thinking that maybe they could end up with zero points out of six in their first uh, two games. And then they're well behind the pace, especially if City beat Celtic away on match day two. You know, you look at things like that and you think, gee, maybe my match day four match or a match day five, match day six, City are playing teams that are kind of already out of it. And that, you know, obviously the Barcelona games will be telling. Um, and those are the ones I'm looking forward to. But I just, I don't see, you know, I could see Gladbach surprising some people and giving them a game. They have, they're good going forward, but they do leak a lot of goals. And Guardiola knows them well, obviously. He's been going against them for the last three years. This is not a foreign, you know... Not, neither Bars is not foreign to him either, obviously. So, you know, I think in a certain sense it's going to be tough, but City are pretty well equipped for a group like this. The thing that is very encouraging about this is that even if Barca, you know, don't end up winning the whole thing, there cannot be much questioning the fact that Regardless of how their season pans out, they're sure to look like one of the two top, you know, one, two, three teams in the entire world. You would expect them to at least make the semifinal, basically. You would. You would. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, you. I mean, depending on, you know, draws, if all draws. If they avoid Atletico, you know. Um, But, you know, if, if it were. All things considered, you know, if it were just sort yeah. of you take the best four teams that you think they, they would be there. Yeah. And, and 
You faced him twice in a group stage competition, along with some gritty German opposition, and to be frank, a Celtic te- Celtic team that are going to, um, if nothing else, be innovative and throw things at Guardiola that Guardiola normally does to other people, you know, I'm not saying Celtic Park is a, yeah, Celtic Park is also a cauldron. That's, I think in a certain sense, there will be no love, love there. Yeah. I think in a certain sense, it'll be a good experience for them. It's probably one of the more hostile places they'll play all season. I would think. Yeah. You know, they avoided going to Russia. Probably true. Um, But, uh, you look at each of those games, and, and there's a different level of test for Manchester City, and each one has their own merits, and I think each one uh, is winnable in their own rights. You know, I could see City beating Barcelona both times just as easily as I could see Barcelona blasting City completely out of the water. I could see I could see the home game for going the home team's way each time, yeah. honestly. Yeah. You know, I, 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 we have no idea how Pep's machine is going to look at that time. And usually by that point in the season, they're not a team you want to see come into town. So right. I like that City will be tested at different levels throughout the course of the season whilst being tested in the Premier League. I think that now you're starting to set the stage for English teams who are prepared finally for the latter stages of this competition and and can maybe start making an impact. Not that it's going to end up mattering because it appears these automatic slots are coming. Yeah, it does. Um, The other thing I look at is the... uh, Um, Now that you mentioned the Premier League, the Premier League games that these fixtures fall between. Um... City versus City at home versus Gladbach falls between the Derby and a home game against Bournemouth. You would hope that they'd be able to handle the Bournemouth game coming off of that. Um, as the rest of this loads, Celtic away comes between Swansea away and Spurs away, so that's going to be a pain in the butt. Um, although it is a Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. Um, Barca away comes between. Everton at home and Southampton at home. So at least their home games is the way I look at that. Um, Barcelona at home comes between West Brom away and Middlesbrough home. Um, and as this continues to load, as I scroll down, um, Gladbach away falls between Palace away and Burnley away. So that's kind of a pain. And the last game Celtic at home falls between Chelsea at home and Leicester city away. So, Here's some news worth uh, mentioning. So, uh, Simone Zaza have had, or West Ham have had a 28 million euro bid for Simone Zaza accepted by Juventus. Yeah, we're going to have to hope that China do, that China Bonnie thing is true, because I mean, West Ham seems to be off the table. I think City just may outright buy out Bonnie's contract if beyond a certain point yeah i don't i don't know I, I, I don't know if i don't remember who i 
feel like I that China report was from a semi-reliable source, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but the fixtures, at least in the early stages of the group stage, are sort of forgiving to a certain extent. But, you know, it's not like Guardiola didn't have to deal with that aspect of it when he was in Germany either. Um, so I think they'll be all right. I, I, th- I do think, ultimately, I do think they get out of the group. I think probably they finish second if they do get out of the group. Mm-hmm. And if they finish first in the group again, then, you know, well, frankly, it, that would just speak for itself. Yeah. But I don't want to get out of here without getting your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, you have something to bring up, so I'm going to uh, Yeah, a little controversy there during this draw. Um, you know, Seth Blatter, a man who basically can be trusted as far as you can pee into the wind of an oncoming hurricane. Um, let's just go with an F5, or, uh, yeah, an F5, or Category 5, excuse me, hurricane. Um, but, uh, he had previously said that these UEFA Champions League draws are rigged using hot and cold balls and uh, during the competition and the gif is flying out there until uefa undoubtedly has that thing removed uh because you know that's what uefa will do um (laughs) because soccer uh but there is a a gif a video out there uh of Roberto Carlos uh, pretty clearly drawing a ball, uh, going to open it, and then receiving a bit of instruction and then putting it down and grabbing another ball. And look, it, it may be from the same bin, mind you. It wasn't like he'd drawn from the wrong bin. He, he grabbed the ball put it back in the bin and then grabbed another ball from the same bin. And, and and you're just sitting there looking at that going, I don't know what to think about that because it could be nothing or it could be everything. But I'll tell you this, UEFA soccer, anybody dealing with the champions league or anybody dealing with these competitions as far as I'm concerned right now, is dealing with a zero trust uh, 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 basis with me. Like, I just, I, I want to live in a society where UEFA is presumed guilty until found innocent. Because most often they've been exactly what people thought they were. And some of the draws today are speculative. Uh, And when you've got even dudes like Gary Lineker stepping out and saying, wow, uh, so quite kind of Lester, weren't they? Yeah, that's quite kind of Lester. And that's another hell of a draw for City dot 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 again, you know, and it's just Arsenal didn't get Bayern for once in their lives. You know, it just it, it, joke I had to make. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was surprised City didn't get Bars or a Bayern. <clears throat> to be honest, um, it's always one of the two. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, I just, uh, it's ridiculous that we can't see stuff like that and think, ah, oh, man, it's nothing, you know, because so, the likelihood is that it's not nothing. The likelihood is he was being instructed to grab a different ball for a different reason. Like the likelihood is that some of these draws were set up by design. Like I just, I do not trust soccer. I love it. I will watch it, but I do not trust it at all. That's the problem. That's the rub, isn't it? You would just, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means. I have been actually kind of vocal because I think while there is a media, you know, the media is unduly harsh on city and some city players, in a lot of sense. I have also a lot of times t- drawn sort of a line when I feel people are getting a bit ridiculous with the agenda because I don't, you know, I think people have gone a bit over the top with, you know, the paranoia at times. On the other hand, it's FIFA, it's UEFA, it's not a secret that they're corrupt as hell. So, you know, I don't, you know, I don't trust the thing they say. And you look at the draw that Tottenham got and Leicester got, the two newcomers that, you know, the English newcomers that haven't been here that have not been accused of, you know, financial doping, as they, as Arsene Wenger might say, who both got fairly forgiving draws, all things considered. Right, because Kroenke's proven himself... To be a totally scrupulous business owner. Well, yeah, of course. Um, don't don't get me into the hypocrisy of Arsenal. Just don't do it. Um, but you know, you you look at these things and you you just have to. Do you remember? I think one or two years ago. I don't remember which, but someone leaked. They they do the mock draw, just sort of like the rehearsal. Um, that it's a trial run before they do the actual draw. And I think it was one or two years ago. I think it might have been two years ago. Because I remember last year, I think it happened and it was different. But the year before that, they did the mock draw and it ended up being the exact same thing as the actual draw. Um, it's just... And, and, and you know, we seize on every little thing that UEFA does. It's just sort of, well, is there added meaning to this? And you'd like to be able to give them the benefit of the doubt, but they've repeatedly proven that you can't. You can't do that with them. So... It's, 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 it's frankly embarrassing that we have to spend time debating this, but we do because that's the point that we've reached with UEFA is that, well, it's fishy that he pulled, you know, one of the balls out and then just sort of, you know. Yeah, he had it in his hand for a yeah, minute too. That was it wasn't... not like sort of getting too caught in one hand and like just sort of dropping. He had it out. And he was getting. He was actually going to open it and they stopped him and that's when he put it back in. Like there's. everything about this video is sus. Everything. Every single thing. And and I know that there are certain teams that can't face certain teams as part of certain, you know, blah, blah, blah. But shouldn't they have a way of, like, making sure that doesn't happen without making it look like their shady cabal is going in on someone again? Like, come on. UEFA have to at least have some concept of how corrupt everyone thinks they are. Then again, maybe they don't. That's a, 
I should not assume that at all, actually. No, dude. Like, I mean, Chuck Blazer had an apartment for his cat. Like, in what Latter, sort of I, think, I know, are I know, you I know, yeah, I know. I know FIFA and UEFA are different entities, but Sepp Blatter, I think, still thinks that he was hard done. So, <laughs> and so does... Oh, some, right, but who does you think UEFA learned it from? Yeah, like, well, Platini is basically his protege, and so I think right. Platini thinks he was hard done too still. So, you know, you're right. They, they probably don't. But is it any coincidence to, to you that the two federations that happen to have the best team, like, you didn't hear of, like, the Asiatic, like, federation or, like, you know, uh, uh, I'm not even sure, does, does, or the Oceanic, uh, you know, guys being hauled in. It was Conmable and UEFA. Right. And, and CONCACAF. Like, right. the United States of America, because, you know, we'll launder anybody's money. Yeah, we, we've got all the money. So. Yeah. The United States of America, Brazil, Argentina, to an extent, some Colombian and Mexican, you know, dudes getting up in it. And then a whole bunch of guys uh, uh, in, 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 in the Caribbean islands because, you know, you have to wire your money offshore. And what better place to do it than to the Caribbean islands? It's, this, it's like watching a movie. You know where to wash your money. And then, of course, you know, you've got to put it in a Swiss bank. So, of course, the FIFA headquarters is naturally located where for me, Gray? Switzerland. Oh, like FIFA have never once tried to hide what they were doing. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, so yeah, shady, to say the very least. Um, but you know, they could have done us worse if they were rigging this. They could have done us a lot worse. They could have given yeah. us. They could have given us Monaco. There, All right. Here's a fun thing to ponder on. It, it, Every Man City fan assumes that the rig was about them. There are a lot of teams in this draw and a lot of teams that have a vested interest in, like, <clears throat> if you look at Leicester City, if you had a lot of money to throw somebody's way, like, you know, uh, or or one of these teams that are owned by groups that we we literally just have to call the Chinese because we know nothing else about them. And even Gab Marcotti's commented on this. It's not, we're not, there's no racist humor at all. Like so little are known about some of these entities is that they're literally just called the Chinese. We, we know they're Chinese. Yeah, that's it. That's it. They're just, they're just the Chinese. And it, if you had, a team that you wanted to secure their interests. I mean, cause you can kill two birds with one stone city openly boo the champions league anthem and are a constant thorn in UEFA's side. So Which I, I love that it got cut off last night intentionally or not, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, if if you were trying to help out one of these o other teams and just so happened to be that you could, like, bone City by happenstance in the process, like, I guess the point I'm making here is, like, 
the rig wouldn't be in for City. It would have been for somebody else. This is just a happy coincidence. You know what I mean? Like, there are a lot of teams for City fans to think that all of this is about putting them into a tough... Because as Ben said, there was a tougher group last year and City made the semifinals. Right. Sevilla were basically a better version of Celtic with an equally intimidating home ground. Yeah. Much better version of Celtic, in fact. Um, but yeah, I you know if if we're talking about this, this could have been a lot worse, if you ask me, frankly. Um, if if Monica would have gone in the group, I would have called BS. Yeah. At that point, I would have been like, "Oh, kiss my ass." But you know, once Celtic went in there, I'm like, "All right." I mean. Look, Celtic are a good team. They're a, 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 a team synonymous with the European Cup, a known commodity. Celtic. I'm actually looking forward to going to Celtic Park. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, it should be. I mean, you Not get a long continental trip either. The only thing that's going to end up sucking is that I uh, we won't get to likely see Patrick Roberts play. No, we, we will. He's eligible. Um, Is he... At, no, Why? yeah, he's completely eligible. There's no there's clause. Restriction. There's no clause. They've she she confirmed it. He said they asked him. He said why um it, it was Patrick Roberts going to play against you? And he said yeah, why not? I love that attitude, man. I think that comes from Pep too, because Pep Pep's gonna be like, dude, if we've got this guy there, wouldn't we be the type of team that we would want to see him go against? Like. Uh, who's going to be out there taking care of him better that, you know, like none of our guys are going to try and take him out. He's still a city player. Like it's right. basically a win-win for city, you know, and, and, if, and you if I have a stance, you can't influence which team another team feel. Remember uh, Courtois played against Chelsea for Atletico a couple of years back. So he can play and he, I'm sure he will. Yep. And, oh. and, and if he does well, then, you know, just end the loan early. I'm just joking. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I guess my question to you before we get out of here would be this: <clears throat> If the 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 Champions League draw was rigged, who do you think it would have been rigged for? Hmm. I think... City's still an acceptable answer, by the way. I just uh, well, you, uh, do you when you ask me who who rigged for, do you mean like in favor of to make it easier on them, or against? Well. A rigging has to start somewhere, right? Right. So, who initiated well, I, the rig? Okay. Like, yeah, what, my, what, my, my, man what I'm basically asking you to clarify is, uh, do you want to know who's who's being screwed or who's doing the screwing? No, who's the beneficiary of the rig? Who was the rig intended to help? Like, whenever you rig something, you're either trying to harm someone or help someone. Like, if it if it wasn't City, or you could say City if you think it was them, but I, I was just asking a fun question. Who do you think, that, what would be some other teams that could possibly, because you know some, somebody else is screaming rigged. They've got their own reasons. So if it's not City, who could it be? I think, you know, if they were going to screw someone, given the FFP, given the everything, it would be those bigger nouveau riche, riche money teams, which you know is 
City and Paris, basically. Chelsea aren't in it this year. Um, I don't think they would be trying to hurt, you know, the big properties, which are Barca and Madrid and Bayern. I don't think they would be going after them. But then you have, I think they would want, you know, little teams, little teams that aren't, that have been successful in big leagues, but not in the Champions League. They haven't been here, like Tottenham and Leicester. I think in particular, um, Napoli got a pretty nice group. I think teams like that um, are teams that you know. Well, let's see if we can you know help even the even the even the playing surface a little bit for the for for those teams that probably they come from the big English league, but they don't have the financial resources of their rivals. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it's the, the, the whole flipping thing is, is, I'm not going to... It's about money, isn't it? Yeah, which I don't understand, because if you were concerned about money, wouldn't you want a team in there that can produce gobs of it? Like, at a certain point, the cash cows that you want in there, like your arsenals and such, like, what are they doing? They refuse to spend like nobody's nobody's stopping Arsenal from going out there and flooding the market with as much cash as City. Exactly. Like not a single seen, person. Particularly in the last week, we've seen the Arsenal stats flying around of like since, you know, in the last decade, everyone has spent more money than 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 Arsenal. Right. And, and, and that's not even to count for the fact that the people they do go after reject them. Like, we need to figure out why that is. Why are people turning down clubs like Manchester United? Why are they turning down, you know, the only people that Manchester United have successfully brought in have been Mino Raiola clients. That's it. Mm-hmm. They've, they've not been able to lure anybody in there who's not a Mino Raiola guy. And eventually, Mino Raiola is going to run out of players that he can put on Manchester United without somebody going, you know... Uh... Di Maria was a Mendez client, right? I think. I think so, yeah. I mean, not that he, it was basically his only option because Madrid were shoving him out the door and they were the only team in for him because that summer, PSG and City were both FFP'd. But yeah, um, yeah. I it's well. I think people want to see ambition and consistency, and I think now that United, which is weird, because City have been the most consistent out of any team in the Premier League. Right. With their and Arsenal, I think Arsenal's lack of ambition has hurt them in the transfer market in a number of different ways. Um, so I think City now are. We've talked about this graduating from sort of new kids on the block to the establishment, for lack of a better term. Chelsea already there. Um, United, I think there has been a lack of sort of a coherent anything that I think is changing now that they have an actual manager in charge who knows what he's doing, even if that might not be a long-term thing. People will want to go and play for Mourinho going forward. So I think that the the uncertainty has hurt them. Um, but, you know, I think I think we're entering sort of a new situation with City, where they're going to be a bit more established now. That, especially now that they've made the Champions League semifinal, um, I think there's less of a uh, new shiny toy 
thing about them. Well, the landing of Guardiola, <clears throat> I think... That's basically the largest part of it. Yeah, because at that point, the, the establishment has two options. They can take a crap on a man who reinvented the modern game and is basically, like, outside of Johan Cruyff, <clears throat> one of the, like, two people in the modern era who've really, it, at least in my lifetime, changed the game. Uh, and if we can be blunt for a second here, um, when you're if you're a player over the last well three years, um, and you have offers from some big European clubs, if you have the opportunity to play for Mourinho at Chelsea, established um, Wenger for you know whatever. Whatever you think about Wenger, he is a respected name in the business. Real Madrid and Barcelona can attract people no matter who's – they have a 10-year-old coaching them. Um, and then you have Manuel Pellegrini. I'm just going to put it out there. He's not on the same plane as those people. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fine. I, I don't object to a single word of that statement. And I think that, too, when you look at Manuel Pellegrini, like, even if he'd won the league and, and, and then some players were, like, on the fence, like, okay, okay, maybe this is a dude who's on the rise. Then you just sort of saw his machine. It, it just went backwards. It, 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 he literally reached the peak of his success in year one, and everything else was a deterioration. There's just simply no other way to put it. It took its time to fall apart. But once it started falling apart around the middle of, of, of his second season, it, it it's consistently fell apart and it consistently got worse and worse. So he didn't even have like a decent track record of success to override his his minuscule name compared to his his contemporaries in the Premier League. But and, now, you, and you have to imagine Manuel Pellegrini on the phone trying to convince someone to play for them. It's not particularly an inspiring thought. He's the I can I can tell you how the phone call would go. You would be very important. Yeah, yeah. You've come to City to be an important player. You know, would would you be very important? It's, that's exactly how the phone call would go. He'd get off the phone, and his mom would be like, "So what do you say?" Well, he said I'd be very important. important. Yeah, but the, 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 but the, yeah, that was the point of my you know when you put him in with Mourinho and Wenger and Real Madrid and Barcelona and Guardiola at Bayern if they're involved, then no, we don't have a leg up on that in any way. Uh, it, and yeah. I think that has changed now. Because now City have the 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 <clears throat> they have the pad, which is still flipping elite. They have. Basically, an infrastructure set up to meet every single need Guardiola could possibly have. Uh, and they have a board and an owner ready to back this man to the moon to see them turn this club into a winner. And whether or not they get it done, this is what the owners spent their money to do. And they are already pot committed for well over a billion dollars. If you don't think that they're going to go all out 
with Guardiola to get it done, then I don't know what to tell you. But they are about to give this man so much of everything that even if City don't win it within the next year or so, the the rate that this team will be racking up trophies will have City fans saying, you know, the Champions League would have been cool, but, you know, we never quite had some... If he did, like, seriously, try and imagine being a City fan who, you know, had the run of uh, success that Bayern had under Guardiola. Like, okay, look, they, they wanted... To, to rack up, a, you know, a few more Champions League trophies, true. But no team had ever won the Bundesliga successively three times in a row. Like, they managed at least a double every single year that Guardiola was there. More often than not, they brought home more trophies. Like, City Guardiola is going to put his fair share of trophies in City's cabinet, and that's what he was brought here to do. And once that starts happening, it's going to become less and less tricky to convince a guy like Paul Pogba. And and at the end of the day, here's what I'm curious about United. McTarion goes and makes this big money move, essentially forces his way out of Dortmund, to be benched by Jose Mourinho, like, if that's not an indication that Raiola will do anything for, you, you know, like, then I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, generally, I'm, those situations... I'm surprised he's not and, starting over Mata, to be honest. Huh? I'm surprised he's not starting over Mata. I think honest. a lot of people are surprised he's not starting over Mata. It's somewhat mind-boggling. Why would you spend that kind of money? Like... I think how he's better did, anyway. How much did they spend on him? What what, what was his transfer? I don't I don't remember. Yeah. Twenty six million. I mean, that's a uh, that's a decent price to pay for a player. Nowhere near, I guess, what Sterling ended up costing. But I mean, if you go. At that price, and you're sitting on the bench, man. Oh, okay, so his transfer fee, excuse me, was 42 million euros. So I don't know what that comes out to in 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 uh, pounds. But 42 million euros is what it ended up being. Uh, that's a hefty price. To about, about 36 million pounds. Yeah, so okay, he ended up costing slightly less than... Then Raheem Sterling and, and Mata was Mata was forty million when they signed him. Weren't they were people riding City saying, "Oh, City spent all that much, and that player is going to ride on the bench." Like Mkhitaryan was was starting quality for Jurgen or Klopp and Thomas Tuchel. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, we've probably gone on long enough. Yeah, I will. Good. I will I don't have anything to add to that. I will close this out by saying that City's opponent on Sunday, West Ham, have just been knocked out of the Europa League at home by Romanian side Astra Giurgiu. That's awesome. That so, is hilarious. I don't know what... Yeah, well, it's... They were banking on that this year, so... Um, they'll come in and beat us on Sunday now, anyway. Um, the the only thing we got on Twitter for this, for this particular show was uh, Blue Moon Dallas telling us to announce them, announce Blue Moon Dallas. 
So we'll do that right now. Um, we'll close this podcast out by turning you over to Joey McCune, talking to those, um, the guy from over there. Um, you have the name. I don't have the name right now. I totally don't. Yeah. We totally – you'll hear the name in a moment. It's Mark Mulvaney. Mark yes, Mulvaney right. from, from Dallas is is just who <laughs> Joey, Joey McKeon sat down and talked with. We're totally We're, up on things here. Yeah, we, we, it's, it's, been, it's been an action-packed morning, dude. We only just sat down and threw this up there, threw this, yeah. vomited it up. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll close this. Stay tuned for that. We're going to close this for that, with that. Um, um, and we'll do the, the – the uh, pimping now. We'll be back on Sunday with the West Ham recap. Until then, we are on Blog Talk Radio. We are on iTunes. Subscribe to us there. We are on Twitter at America Citizens. Um, so we're going to turn you over to the to uh, Jay with uh, Blue Moon Dallas, and um, we hope you enjoy that. Stay tuned, and we'll be back on Sunday. So thanks for listening. Later. Hey everybody, this is Joey McCune with uh, the inaugural episode of the American Citizens Branch Update. I am here today with my good friend Mark Mulvaney, Mulvaney Mulv, president of Blue Moon Dallas. Cheers, how are you? Good pal, how's things? Oh, fantastic mate, thanks for having me over to your place, to your gaff, as we say. Mank words. I think it's mank, <laughs> it'll do. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic place you've got here, thanks for having me. It's a compound, basically. A lot of blood money in this thing. <laughs> I'm not proud of what I did. Uh, so what we'll do, and this is kind of just going to be a rough layout of how we're all we're always going to do these things. Um, we'll figure out your story, how you became a, a city fan. I can tell by the wonky accent that there's something funny going on in there. Yeah. And then um, we'll kind of talk about the group as a whole, how it came to be. Yep. And what, I don't know, just kind of what being a member of Blue Moon Dallas is like, so... Let's go ahead and dive right in. What's your story? What's I mean, you're from New Zealand? Well, first of all, <laughs> New Zealand. First of all, say that you love me. All the time? Say that you need me. Will you always be mine? Because we've got... Guardiola, yes it's... Guardiola, baby it's... Guardiola, now you're mine... As you can tell, I'm giddy, mate, because we've got a new manager, and he is the dog's bollocks. It's a fact, yeah. He's he good. He is. He's amazing. He's I mean, we've had decent. what? We've had three games. Yeah. Meaningful games yeah. so far. We won all three. The football we're playing is absolutely breathtaking, mm-hmm. mate. And um, I'm still trying to get my head around the tactics, but you know, you can explain that to me after the show. Yep. Um, I love it. We're smashing teams. We're smashing teams like we did that time we went to Old Trafford and put six past that lot. And, did that uh, happen? Yeah, it did. Oh, no. Talk about empty seats, pal. One or two? 60,000 oh, over here. It's not good, is it? <laughs> oh, my word. No, I, I am happier than I've ever been as a City fan. Uh, these past few years, we've won. Um, more than we've more ever than seen we in our won lives. in my yeah. lifetime, yeah. Uh, so it's made it all worth it. Um, so, yeah. Really yeah. giddy right now. Yeah, not bad. So where where did you where did it, how did it all start? So uh, my story as a city fan is one of uh, sort of not really having a choice in the matter because my uh, I'm I'm a third generation city fan. Mm-hmm. My my dad was one. His dad was one. Um, 
you know, sort of forced on me, but uh, couldn't couldn't be happier to be a City fan. Yeah, so especially it's now. Huh? Worth it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so all the years of misery have uh, finally culminated in uh, some magic, mm-hmm. and uh, really happy to be sharing it with you, pal. Oh, Blue Moon Dallas. <laughs> yeah, so he cat's out of the bag there. If you didn't already know, I also am a member of Blue Moon Dallas. That's how we pulled this off. We're in the same place. Yeah. Uh, he didn't like fly to from another city or anything. Uh, but... I, I think my I think uh, you know I was born in Manchester at, at an early age, mm. and uh, my <laughs> born at an early age. Eh? Yeah, I was. My uh, my dad and my granddad. My my mum told me this that they would take me. I think I was four years old uh-huh. the first time I went to watch City at Main Road, and um, Cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> so she told me I would have been in a kipax with uh, the rest of the mob. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't remember it, but I, the only part I do remember is just uh, waiting for halftime to get a meat and potato pie. Yep. <laughs> which I loved. Love. Love to this yeah, day. Yeah, it's not past yeah, tense. Yeah, I do like, like a pie. <laughs> Greg's. Greg's oh, plug. <laughs> Greg's. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, I've been going since I was four years old. Um, moved to the States with my dad's job when I was 10 years old. That would have been 1985. I've lived in New York mm-hmm. and um, did high school and college there. And more recently moved to Texas in 1997 when I got out of college. So um, been in, in the Dallas area since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's when I moved here too. Is it really? Yeah, oh, nice same one. year. Yeah. Hey, pal. <laughs> You're right. Fate in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, love it down here, and um, that's sort of my city story. Yeah. I, I've uh, I've been one all my life. There you go, and uh, it's. I mean, as you know, when you first moved here, a city fan in Dallas, especially <laughs> in the late '90s, early 2000s, was a needle in a haystack. Just but me that, and my that, dad, I thought. Yeah, and that's so. There's just, I think a lot of us that are in Blue Moon Dallas, kind of felt that way when it first started. I mean, yeah. I, I know I did. Yeah. When you when, it really kind of became, Blue Moon Dallas as opposed to just, a lonely guy at a pub in one town and another yeah. town and another town and then yeah, hopping on Facebook. So how, how did this all, kind of come together? Yeah. How I remember it was. Um, I uh, I started a Facebook group mm-hmm. called Dallas Man City Fans, something like that. I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. Um, back in about 2008, and uh, I started it because my uh, my father had pa- uh, passed away, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> so I no longer had anybody to uh, yeah. watch City with. Yeah. <laughs> So I started the page, hoping to attract any sort of other person who was in the area that uh, supported City. Yeah, (laughs) some other miserable git. Well, the the page sort of sat dormant for a couple of years. And um, if you remember when when City won the league in 2012, yeah, the first one, uh, first Premier League title... um, I remember going absolutely mad in my living room mm-hmm. when Aguero scored and uh, just running around like a lunatic um, and then sort of looking around and realizing, you know, who am I celebrating this with? <laughs> my dad's gone. You know, my kids are too young, yeah. you know, and um, 
my wife is sort of a bit of a you know go sports sort of yeah. wife, which Yay, you know, teams. which is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it, but she's not as into it as I am. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to get back on that Facebook page and see if anybody has contacted me. Yeah. Right. So I got on the page, and lo and behold, you know, three or four people had been on the site trying to get a hold of me mm-hmm. over the couple of years that I left it alone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I got back in touch with them. Some of them had started their own city Facebook pages trying to do the same thing I had tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, we got we all got together and said, let's go and watch some matches together. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the first match you were there was you were there mate uh was was i drunk absolutely i think you turned up drunk mate um standard <laughs> <laughs> well we were all drunk by the end because it was uh it was city and chelsea in the yeah. community shield yeah and uh, we smashed them yeah and there was probably only eight of us if you remember yeah <laughs> But uh, I just remember having the greatest time on that first day and thinking, I think we all thought, you know, this we can make something out work. of this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and we did. We were eight and then we were, you know, 16 and then we yep. were 24 and we were bouncing around uh, between a few different pubs mm-hmm. at, um, in the Dallas area. Um, and now we're at, we landed on one shortly, you know, after we yeah, started, yeah. which which was at the time called the London of Frisco. Uh, which is a, a, a lovely pub right in the sort of the, the football, let's call it football mecca of DFW. Yes, absolutely. Because that's where FC Dallas play, and mm-hmm. it's right next door. So we're still there to this day. It's now called the British Lion mm-hmm. pub, and it's got new ownership, but same great place, same great atmosphere to watch football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where, that's where you can find us. And the British Lion pub's kind of distinguished among city bars, I'd say. Because of it is the heart of the city. Yeah, the the uh, the heart of the city is uh, an award that Man City gave out to uh, pubs across the across the globe, really, mm-hmm. that um, are renowned for having city fans uh, who congregate there and watch all the matches. So um, we uh, we contacted City um, early on in our existence and and we sent them a couple of videos of yes. us being you know idiots and singing and we had a Harlem Shake video yes. that we did. Yep, that's sure all did. on YouTube if you want to find it. We'll just search Blue Moon Dallas. You'll see uh, the Harlem Shake video intro to Blue Moon Dallas yep. video. All sorts of nonsense. Um, and they came back and said, "All oh, right, you're in Dallas. We'd like to award you and your pub mm-hmm. what we're called, what's called the Heart of the City Award. And it's this really nice big plaque, mm-hmm. shape of a blue moon. Yep. And it's got the pub's name on it, Heart of the City, city emblems on it. And uh, the significance of it really is, is um, you know, it's supposed to be almost like we talked about before, like a pokey stop, yeah. right? Where... <laughs> It's where, like a bat signal yeah. to city fans. So if you're a city fan and you travel in the world and it's match day and you're looking for a place to uh, to go watch the match, you can find one of these pubs called the Heart of the City and you know that on game day it will be packed with city fans mm-hmm. and uh, you won't be alone watching the match. You'll mm-hmm. be with other blues. So mm-hmm. we, are, we are one of those at the, at the British Line and it was a real honor to win that. And uh, we won that through the big help of uh, one of our members, Vinesh. Mm-hmm. So um very proud to have won that. We won the 15th 
part of the city one, which of, was 15. Yeah, it was, the very, it was the very last one that they gave out, the city gave out. So we were the last one. There's other ones in Chicago, New York. Toronto. Uh, Toronto, yeah. I mean... A bunch in... Abu Dhabi, yeah. uh, um, Australia. They're, they're all over the place, but we, we have one. Yeah. So if you're ever traveling anywhere, um, you can just go on the city website it's mancity.com now um and just click supporters and there will be a link in there somewhere that says like heart of the city or like supporters group bars or something like that and you can find these places so say you're in you're in new york or something and you want to find where the mad hatter is which if you go to new york and you're a city fan you have to to. Yeah, yeah yeah you have to it's a pilgrimage um so you can find that kind of stuff it'll show the address and all that Info and it's it's a really cool deal they get that the club gives out. Um, as far as what the let me ask you, what do you like about our pub? About our pub, um, yeah. I like that. This is super selfish. I like that it's ours. We're the yeah. only ones there. Uh, the reason I say that is because in DFW, there's another Londoner over in Addison that when we first got together, there was. Four groups that were already meeting there. So there's four supporters clubs that were already meeting there. There's Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, and United. Mm-hmm. So if any of them were playing at the same time, everyone just kind of got stuffed into these little rooms and had to watch on smaller TVs. And it was competing sound. It was just really annoying. Uh, and then just some of the other places we tried out, it just wasn't going to work. I think location wise for most people. Um, where we're at now, it's a great location, it's super easy to get to. Uh, the management has always been just super accommodating. I mean, yeah. opening up at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. Any day of the week. I mean, like, yeah. it doesn't matter. 6.30 in the morning, get in, get some food, get the drinks in. Get the beers in, mate. Sing. Yeah, so when we get there, we we try to get there a little early and put mm-hmm. on some uh, some music on the sound system. Tune. Yeah, we're trying to get the tunes going. We we put on all the Manchester bands, you know, mm-hmm. Oasis, Stone Roses, Happy Mondays. We get we get that going. Trying to get all the all the blues fired mm-hmm. up before the match. Yeah, it's good. Just fill them up with the the bez dance. Yeah, everybody gets <laughs> get everybody, everybody gets rolling. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. It's it's uh, I like it because it's it's got a good feel to it. It's big. It's got good acoustics. Yeah. It's got a big screen. You know, like yeah. you said, it's good, to, it's good to be the only ones in there in terms of a large supporters group. I mean, there's other fans that go there. Yeah. They're just not part of a, of a larger group. So um, one of the greatest compliments we ever got as a group and as a pub was uh, before, I think it was the last derby, I, I was floating around on Facebook and noticed some uh, United fans talking about where they were going to go watch the the derby uh-huh. and uh some of them said oh we're going to try out the london Londoner and frisco or, oh or the british lion pub yeah and then there was about 10 or 12 <laughs> reactions to that yeah. comment saying no that's a city pub no that's a city <laughs> pub don't go there they will chase you out of there <laughs> so it was it was great that these united fans were telling each other not to come to our pub because yeah. it's a city pub so that's the sort of great reputation that we have there so i think and, a lot of that reputation comes from the atmosphere that you and the rest of us kind of create because even not just with united fans with some of the other supporter groups in the area there is this thing where other groups now are asking 
for kind of like a home and away series. Yeah, it's fantastic. They want they want to come to our pub when City's the home team, and they want us to go to their pub when they're the home team. Yeah. And if that can work out, let's yeah. do that. Uh, a lot of times it gets sort of messed up because of weekday games yeah. or, you know, really early games mm-hmm. or something like that. But if the scenario where both games are on a weekend, the home and away, mm-hmm. I, I love going to other yeah. pubs. We used to do it with the Chelsea lads all the time. Yeah. And they're a really good group and a good banter with those guys. So. A lot of singing back and forth. Well, they're be- and all that. I mean, they're basically City with a, you know, seven or eight year head start, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah, so. their oil money is just. Has a Russian accent. One of the funniest <laughs> things the Chelsea fans uh, would would sing to us uh, was uh, "Where were you when you were shit?" Uh-huh. Right, which is so funny because if For they them. if they knew if they knew anything about their history and our history, they know that when we were shit, we were playing them yeah. in Division Two, yeah. <laughs> and they we were, were there as well. We were all shit together. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> all right, we'll try to loop this thing back. Uh, as far as what Blue Moon Dallas kind of is about what is yeah. the what's the goal for the for the group what's is like what's the mission for what what are we trying to do just trying to support city uh, as a collaborative and uh, grow the fan base um have a good time together make watching well I, I always say about my children i always say i want to uh i want to make watching city as fun for my kids as my dad made it for me mm-hmm so that's why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing this to have a laugh with you and, and the rest of the guys and, and watch City and just celebrate it together. Again, after I lost my dad, you know, I really, this Bloom and Dallas has really filled a void for mm-hmm. me, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I just love getting in the Kipax with you guys at, at the front of the pub. We call it the Kipax because that's where all the idiots stand. I'm glad you're going to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> we got to have a little area at the front of the pub we call the Kipax and it's right by the screen and we get all the sort of the the people that like to sing and dance and do the Poznan and all that, they all hang out there. And that's mm-hmm. where all the songs start. We try to get people to come in the Kipax and be idiots with the rest is there of a, us. Is there a phrase to invite people to the Kipax? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's some swearing involved. But <laughs> generally, get in the effing Kipax yeah. is, uh, is the, the mandate. The phrase that yeah. pays, right? So, no, that's, that's great. Um, so that's our mission is to uh, is to organize uh, a, a city fan group in DFW. Try to get as many blues to the pub, um, new fans, old fans. I don't care if you've been a fan for 50 years or 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. We're not bothered. You're all welcome. Um, it's very inclusive. We welcome te- uh, fans of other teams as well. Mm-hmm. Please come to the pub, support the pub. Get in there on match day. Let's have a sing song. Let's banter with each other and just have a good time watching yeah. the Premier League. Yeah, I think that's kind of key. Or the Champions League. Unless you're a United fan. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the banter part is probably, a, for me, it's a huge key to what we've kind of built over there. Yeah. Because other fans do show up. Yeah, they do. And the and ones like that it. don't take it personal Yeah. and understand that it's a back and forth. Well, the, the good thing about us and about City fans in general is this legacy we have of being very self-deprecating, mm-hmm. right? And and we're the same in Blue Moon Dallas, yeah. you know. If we're, if we're playing shit, you know, City out back. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> if we're doing well, you know, we, we sing about that too. Yep. But it's just, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We know we we won the lottery mm-hmm. with little more money. We did. know it. We're not Absolutely bothered, though. No. <laughs> you would take it too, wouldn't you? But uh, we know that. We're not bothered. Um, we love having other fans up there, so mm-hmm. yeah. 
What else you got, mate? So, for the serious stuff that we do at Blue Moon Dallas, aside from just being lunatics yeah. and drunkards in the morning and <laughs> singing songs about Benjani for no reason, um, what what's some of the... Is there like charitable stuff that Blue Moon Dallas does, or how do we help out the community? Yeah, yeah. So that's part of the obligation of being a group, I think, is to do something for charity. So mm-hmm. uh, the thing we've been doing recently is um, a toy drive mm-hmm. around the holidays, and uh, the person that handles this for us is uh, one of our members named Graham, mm-hmm. and um, he sort of started the idea. What he found was a, a local children's hospital called Scottish Rite. Uh, children's hospital in Dallas, and uh, we just he just said, "Hey, let's get a toy drive going." Yeah. So every um, every match, sort of the one before Christmas, usually yeah. we all bring the toys up there, and we just pack that back room at the pub with mm-hmm. with toys, and um, he loads them up into, his, loads into up. his Acura and <laughs> drives them down to Dallas. Yeah, right so, after the match. <laughs> and sometimes it takes two cars yep. to get to get them all down there, but. We like to do that. We like to contribute, um, and that's just one of the things that uh, being a part of Blue Moon Dallas is mm-hmm. why it's rewarding. It's because we're having fun, but we're also doing nice things for charity as well. Like uh, raising money for hand sanitizer? Yeah, we did that once. <laughs> uh, they were having some problems with Ebola in Africa, <laughs> and we, we, have a, uh, we have a supporters club out there in Sierra Leone, and... Um, it's like 1,200 people as well. It's, it's a huge supporter. It's a group. massive club. Yeah. I loved it. It's brilliant. Um, anyway, they were, they were if you remember the Ebola crisis they were having, uh, I think they've got it quite under control mm-hmm. now, but um, they were really in need of hand sanitizer to stop the spread. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did an, uh, an event where we sang for Sierra Leone. And what this involved was... Alliteration. Um, because, yeah, because we <laughs> like to sing, we thought, well, let's just do what we do best to, to raise money. And uh, we said, all right, if you give us a dollar during the match and you tell us what song you want to hear, City mm-hmm. Song, we'll sing it for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were getting dollars. We were getting $20 at a time. Yeah. Uh, and these people were calling out what song they want to hear. And we <laughs> sang for the whole entire match and even afterwards. Yeah. And we probably made $120, $130, you know, um, just from singing and... We donated it along with uh, some money that was generated by the other branches across the state. Yeah, uh, we ended up sending a sizable uh, sum to uh, Sierra Leone to help them uh, buy hand sanitizer. Yeah, it was a pretty cool deal. Um, so w- we do serious stuff like that, but then we also do. I mean, to go back to the self-deprecating thing, yeah. we do some some pretty dumb crap on film too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're idiots, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, the thing we did recently was something called the Crossbar Challenge. And this is on YouTube. If you want to check it out, just go to Blue Moon Dallas Crossbar Challenge. Um, Crossbar Challenge was I think sort of invented by uh Sky- Soccer AM. Soccer AM, which is a Sky Sports program in England. And uh, the idea is just the professional soccer teams, they they get them out on a pitch. The idea is to hit the crossbar from the halfway line, mm-hmm. right? And um it was really hard to do, obviously. Yeah. So we thought, well, we'll take a crack at that. <laughs> Blue Moon Dallas will take a crack at that. Bunch, bunch of athletes. Of, yeah, totally. <laughs> no, we're, we're we're amateurs, obviously. Um so we got out there with some video cameras and we videoed us all trying to hit the crossbar from a, a good distance. And uh, one of the great things about the video is uh, we talked Walter Smith into mm-hmm. 
doing the commentary on it. Walter Smith, if you don't know Walter, check him out um, at Man City Smith mm-hmm. on Twitter. He is the uh, the famous voice of Fanzone for Man City. Yeah. So Fanzone was a was a, another program on Sky Sports where two fans would do the commentary of a game. Yeah, they'd one set from the each, together. Yeah, one yeah. from each team. And Walter famously did the commentary for the 6-1 yeah. thrashing of United a few years ago, and through which many catchphrases were, were born. Take it, take it, take yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, we uh, we got in contact with Walter a few years ago, and now he's he's a good mate of ours. We visited with him a few mm-hmm. times, and uh, he's now also on Blue Moon, Blue Moon Blue Rising, Rising TV. TV. Yeah. yeah, he does Walter's Glass Half Full, so look for that as well. Yep. Um, anyway, he did the commentary. He's got a fantastic voice. He's funny as hell. So, <laughs> YouTube, Blue Moon Dallas, Crossbar Challenge. I think you'll like it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, as far as uh, kind of how Blue Moon Dallas has just over the years kind of worked with other groups, either in helping them get set up or even just mm-hmm. organizing meetups at, like when City comes to the States. Okay. What all have we done for that? Yeah, so... It's so great to be uh, one of the American branches um, because when City do come to the States, we all get organized yeah. around it. Yeah. Um, they've, they've been over a couple times in the f- last few years. But the, the person who really is the, is the um, what do you call it? Like the driving force behind it. Yeah, yeah, so the ringleader of the American branches is um, Victoria Gregory, mm-hmm. and she runs the Chicago branch. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing. She, um, she's got good contacts with the club. Good contacts in the supporters club, and um, whenever City come over here, she's in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and she's get getting the American branches and the members of those branches special access to uh, to City while they're here, um, special events. Yeah. So it's great. So for example, uh, I'll try to make this quick, but the very first event we sort of did as a as a group of American mm-hmm. branches was was meeting St. Louis. Yeah. They had a match at Bush Stadium. Yeah. Sold out in two hours. Yeah, against uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. It was a fantastic match. We ended up, we went down three nil and came back and won four three. Sure did. Amazing. S- standard. But before the match, uh, this is the sort of thing you get as a, as a member of an American group, uh, American branch. I uh, we were all congregating in a pub before the match, and I had no idea this was happening. But I was just sipping on a beer, and um, beer or it, cider. Cider. There we go. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> my cider man. <laughs> uh, in walks my father's all-time favorite city player, and because of that, someone who is like a myth, like a legend to me, and that is Mike Summerby. Yeah, buzzer. Yeah, and he he was a famous winger for City back in the sixties and seventies. And just an amazing player. He even starred, starred. He was in the movie uh, Victory. Yep. Yeah, with Sylvester Stallone. Anyway, he is a legend in my house, and um, I, I lost my ish flipping mind. Yeah, when I saw him <laughs> walk in, Victoria brought him in, and uh, she'll. If you ever talk to her, ask her what my face looked like because I was just, I lost it. I got to meet him, my wife got to meet him, children got to meet him, took pictures with us. And the guy is absolutely fantastic. He gave a rousing speech to all the City fans before the game. It was just He's just top class, mm-hmm. he really is. I also met Vincent Company's dad that day. 
who was also top class. He, he He's like a diplomat or something, isn't he? I don't know exactly, but he and Mike Summerby spent five minutes looking at my son's iPad. Oh, yeah. Looking at his, <laughs> my son's football videos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who does that? Who spends yeah. time looking at a little kid's soccer videos? Anyway, <laughs> it was just amazing time. That was St. Louis. Since then, we've done Kansas City. We sort of did that as a as a Blue Moon Dallas mm-hmm. trip. We beat um, Sporting Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, did the big one in New York? My, you know, my sister got to be Moonbeam yep. in Kansas City. Yeah. The uh, the mascot. The lady mascot. Great. Yeah. And we did New York City. Yeah. You and I went to that, mate. That was a good one. That was great. We stood next Oof. to each other. So imagine this, this was against Liverpool. So imagine Yankee Stadium, probably full up. Yeah, completely filled. About 150 City fans. And then all the rest <laughs> and is about Scouse. 25,000 yeah. Scousers or American Scousers, yeah. whatever you want to call them. And um, me and you yeah. giving it to uh, Steve Gerrard. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Do you remember what happened to him? He had like banana peels on his feet, I think. He, didn't he? slipped on his fucking ass, mate. Oh, no. What happened? Did he, give the, did he lose the ball? Yeah, yeah, he gave it to Denver Bar. Oh. Oh dear. And the rest is is uh, is history. Um, <laughs> City won five in a row. Yeah, they did. Yeah. What were we singing though? Ed and Jekyll. Oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, so imagine me and Joey giving it out to Steve Gerrard on the pitch about his because we just won the title. If you remember, we just yeah, won the title. Due to him he slipping. slipped. We won it. We met them in New York City. 150 of us. Thousands of them, mm-hmm. and us giving it out about us winning the league, and yeah. it was magical. So, anyway, I'll stop there with the, the branch trips, but just know we all get together as branches, do the American thing when the city come over here. Mm-hmm. We've also done two trips to Manchester mm-hmm. as as an American citizens group mm-hmm. um, that were brilliant, one of which we saw them win the league the second time. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic against West Ham. Um we go to the pubs beforehand. We go to Mary D's, mm-hmm. get that in, all the singing and dancing. Warm Carlsberg. Oh, man. The beer's <laughs> shit there, but it's, it's, uh, it's a great place. Um, yeah, so just just know that if, you, if you're going to be a member of any of the American groups, um, you can get involved with uh, special events that, that we put together, mainly through Victoria. So yeah. Thanks, Victoria. Thanks, Vic. Love you. Uh so I think that we're we're pretty much wrapping up now. Um, I mean, as you can tell, just from my experience being an, an American that's not really born into this, uh, me being a part of Blue Moon Dallas is, I mean, it feels a void for you because mm-hmm. you, you lost your dad and everything. It feels a void for me because I was a guy that literally would sit at a pub alone. Like when we won the league, I was sitting at a pub in McKinney, Texas by myself crying into a Guinness on Suicide Watch, oh, which yeah. if anyone knows me, me stressing out while holding a Guinness is pretty standard. Yeah, that's just standard pose. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to go from being a guy that's sitting alone at a place to now the first match of the season this year, we had 60 <laughs> or 70 blues in, at least, in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's... Just a what four years, five years ago, and yeah. we've got all these people now. I don't know. If it's if you if you're a, if you're a a blue that's just sitting somewhere listening to this. Get online, get on Twitter, and just Google your ass off and find a group that's near you. If there's not a group near you, 
make one. Yeah. We'll just, ha- we can help you with that. Yeah. Yeah, just get in touch with us. Um, get in touch with Joey mm-hmm. at JT McCune. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. M-C-C-U-N-E. Um, or just hit up Blue Moon Dallas on Twitter. We are Blue Moon Dallas 1. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, w- what we recommend is even though we'd love you all to, if you don't have a, a group right now, a branch, you're not a member, we'd love to have you in Blue Moon Dallas. But, you know, as it as it goes with, you know, supporting a football team, we always recommend support your local team, mm-hmm. right? So if you support your local team means just find the group that's nearest to you and uh, see if you can get in touch, get on their Facebook page, do some chat on there, mm-hmm. uh, get them on Twitter, and uh, just 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 join up and uh, f- and celebrate this amazing period in City's history with other yeah. City fans. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only going to get better, thank God. Um We'll kind of wrap up now. Uh, we got some of the plugs out. I'll plug, I'll plug everything again. Uh, you can get at Blue Moon Dallas on Twitter. It'll be at Blue Moon Dallas, the number one. Um, if you want to find them on Facebook, you can just search Blue Moon Dallas. There's a uh, public page for everybody that you can just like, and then uh, if you want to get really involved, there's another one that we can add you to. It's a private one. that's just for the members. Um, we're all well, you're also on it's on Instagram, it's on YouTube. We're all, Blue Dallas all the social medias. Yeah, totes social medias in yeah. there. Um if you wanna find me and you have any questions about this or you wanna be the next one that's on um kind of this section of the show, it's at JT McCune, M C C U N E on Twitter. Um Can I just say thanks to Gray and Josh for uh Doing this podcast, the American Citizens, yeah. is phenomenal. I've listened to every episode. Yeah, I love it. The content is fantastic. The guests they're having on the show are fantastic. They're all the guys I always listen to anyway. Yep. So, you know, <laughs> Hawkin, uh, Asan. Asan yeah. yeah, they're brilliant. Cheeseman. Um, all right, cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great man, by the way. I've met him before. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, thanks to uh, Josh and Gray. You're doing a great job. Uh, looking forward to hearing more of Joey and the uh, the branch check-ins or the branch updates, and uh, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, that'll be us for tonight. You guys have a good one. Ta-ra. Bye.